0: This is Trey Johnson, and I'd like to thank you for taking the time to listen to this teaching. I pray that it empowers you, encourages you, and motivates you to know God and to be who He's created you to be. So thank you so much for being here. Let's get into the Word. Tonight we're gonna continue talking about redeeming the time. So if you would go ahead with me to Ephesians chapter five, and we're gonna read verses 14 through 16. And I want to read it out of the New King James Version. And then we'll look at it in the Amplified. It says, Therefore He says, Awake, you who sleep. Arise from the dead, and Christ will give you light. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, (coughs) redeeming the time, because the days are evil. In the Amplified it says, Look carefully. Then how you walk, this is verse fifteen. Live purposefully and worthily and accurately, not as the unwise and witless, but as wise, sensible, intelligent people, making the very most of the time, buying up each opportunity, because the days are evil. Say redeeming the time. Redeem. Now we learn that the word redeem, R. E. in front of any word, means to bring it back to the original. Now deem means to purchase or to own. And so God is saying that He's wanting us to be serious about knowing Him and being the best us that we can be. And He wants us to redeem the time. He wants us to make the most of our time. And if you weren't here last week, uh, we'll have the CDs in not too long, and you can watch it on the show and that type of stuff, but catch up. But the reason He says, I want you to redeem the time is because the days are evil that God always has other people on His mind. The gifts that He placed on the inside of you, whether that's in real estate, construction, rodeo, uh, marketing, administrative, whatever it is, there's people attached to that gift. You might not get to lead that person to the Lord, but you can be a tool that God uses. And maybe it's just your smile. Maybe it's just your attitude. Maybe it's just your presence that people can just tell there's something different about you. And God says it's very important for the real you to come alive because the days are evil. Because God is wanting to do a work in us and through us to reach the world around us. So He says, I need you to wake up. Look at your neighbor and say, "Wake wake up. Look at your other neighbor and say, wake up. Now, don't think I won't make you stand up if I see you snoozing. But spiritually, God is saying, wake up and be who God has called and created you to be. You see in Colossians 4 5, it says, walk in wisdom toward those who are outside, redeeming the time. Walk wise to those who are outside, those who don't know the Lord, redeeming the time. God is wanting to reach people for his glory. In the business world, in every area, he says, walk wise redeem the time say redeem the time. redeem the time now in order for us to truly redeem the time we've got to realize we are redeemed. God wants the redeemed to redeem we are redeemed Colossians uh, I mean Galatians chapter 3 let's go there. It's just to the left of where we're at. Eli, if you could keep working with that sound, please, sir. It's it's a, a little cannish. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13. And I'm gonna ask you to stay with me tonight. Say, I'm expecting. I want you to expect to hear God, I'm expecting revelation because this is something that is a game changer for each and every one of us when we get a hold of what we're fixing to get into tonight. So are you ready? Yeah. So I'm down and ready. I'm down and ready. Galatians, chapter 3, verse 13, it says, Christ, that's a lot better, thank you, has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on the tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we, say we, We. might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now go to verse 29. And if you are Christ, then are you Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. And if you are Christ, in other words, you've accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and personal Savior, then you are Abraham's seed, say, that's me, me. me. and heirs according to the promise. And heirs according to the promise. Now go with me to Romans. Hold your place there. Go with me to Romans chapter 4. So what is the promise? We are redeemed. Say, I'm redeemed. redeemed. So we've been bought by the blood of Jesus to bring us back into relationship with God so we can be who we were originally created to be. Is everybody in agreement with that? Galatians chapter, I mean Romans chapter 4 verse 13, it says, For the promise that He would be the heir of the world. So what's the promise? that he would be the heir of the world. That's who he's talking to about Abraham. The promise is that he would be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of God But through the righteousness of faith, verse 14, for if those who are of the law are heirs, faith is made void and the promise is made of no effect because the law brings about wrath. For where there is no law, there is no transgression. Therefore, it is of faith that it might be according to grace so that the promise might be sure to all the seed. Say all the seed. All the seed. Not only to those who are of the law, but also also to those who are of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of us all." So go back to verse 13, "...for the promise that he would be heir of the world was not made to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith." So he's talking about the promise that was made to Abraham was not just made to the lineage of Abraham. He was not just made to those who were under the law. He says, "...the promise was made to Abraham and who? All, and, and we've learned, we read a while ago in Galatians chapter 3, who are in Christ, are heirs of the same promise that Abraham had. So when God spoke to Abraham, He was speaking to Jesus and He was speaking to you and I. And the promise that He gave to Abraham is that He would be heir of the world. So the promise that He gave Adam in the very beginning is the same promise that He gave to Abraham. Why did He have to give it to Abraham if He gave it to Adam? His original intent was that Adam would be the heir of the world. Go with me to Genesis chapter 1. Now you're expecting with me, right? So we're laying a foundation here. We are the redeemed. Say, I am redeemed. Now, you see the promise that in Genesis 1, through 28. And, of course, I put this in note form so you can take it home. You can study it, renew your mind to it, get it in you. Then God said, verse 26, Genesis 1, 26, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness. Let them have dominion. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in His own image. In the image of God, He created him male and female. He created them. Then God blessed them and God said to them, Listen to this part here. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. Now go to the right, Genesis 22. So that was the promise that He gave Adam. But we know that Adam sinned, right? He disobeyed, so God had to find somebody who would obey and give the promise to again in order for us, for Jesus to obtain the promise and then us in Jesus to obtain the promise so we could continue to carry out the mandate that he gave Adam in the very beginning. See, it's God's will that we rule and reign in this life through one man, Jesus Christ. And if we are in Christ, then we're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So when God spoke to Abraham about his seed, he was talking about Jesus, but he was talking about you and I. So the promise that was given to Abraham is just like God speaking to you and I. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So when God says, you are redeemed, you you are bought back with a price. And if you're in Christ, you're Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. What's the promise? That we're heirs of the world. Now that can make a religious mind go tilt. And it can make an unrenewed mind say, What? That's why it's a process. Say, A process. Process. It's a process to take it from our head to our heart. That's why it's so important for us to go over the Word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. And so I want you to picture when God speaks to Abraham, He's speaking to Jesus and He's speaking to you and I. He had us on His mind in Adam... He had us on his mind in Abraham. He had us on his mind in Jesus. Could somebody uh, try to fix the heat in here? Bring a little biscuits or, or cooking a little bit. Y'all feel that? Say, I'm redeemed. I'm redeemed. Now look at the promise, Genesis 22. Hold your place there. Well, no, we'll, we'll do this and we'll go back. Genesis 22, verse 17. Now, this is after Abraham had obeyed God. After Abraham obeyed God. Adam, he gave the promise to Adam. Adam disobeyed. He found a man, Abraham, who would obey. Say, obey. Obedience is the key to our breakthrough. Obedience is the key to our growth. Obedience is the key to going forward. Obedience is the key for us stepping into the plan. Obedience is the key for us walking in harvest. Obedience is the key for us walking in marvels and wonders and extraordinary manifestations of the greatness of our God. Obedience is the key. What has God told you and have you been doing it? not what somebody else has been doing remember our scripture second corinthians 13:5 it's important for us to prove out the fruit of our faith in other words how are we doing say how am i doing Amen. How am I doing when it comes to God's Word? So let's go back. Genesis 22, verse 17. And blessing, I will bless you. Doesn't this sound like what he told Adam? Multiplying, I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and as the sand which is on the seashore. And your descendants shall possess the gate of their enemies. And in your seed, all nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. What was the promise that he's heir of the world? What was the promise that blessing I will bless you? Who's he talking to? He's talking to Abraham, but he's talking to us. Say me. So, this is the same promise he gave to Abraham. He knew that Abraham would obey him. Now, when God looks at your life, does he know that you're going to obey? We're a work in progress, aren't we? (laughs) We have it in us to obey. We have the Spirit of God in us. We have the grace of God. It's, it's not a bunch of rules and regulation. It is about the Spirit of God empowering us. The blessing means an empowerment. <laughs> blessing comes from the same word as the anointing. And the anointing means to rub on or to smear on. And that when we're in Christ and Christ is in us, there's an empowerment for us to obey the Word of God. God would never ask us to do something that we didn't have the ability to do. Right. Yeah. I just can't do that. It, it's just too hard. Lie it really is let's get real with ourselves it's a lie we have the ability if we would focus on what we can do instead of what we can't do I'm so glad you're here I think I preach better when you're here I know I do she, she wasn't here when we first started when she came in I was like ooh my baby's here now I, don't think, I, pre- I think I preach better when my baby's here <laughs> and so there's an empowerment so when we see it in God's word we can do it But we've got to change our focus. You know, the Bible says the law empowers the flesh to rebel. When you're being taught all the time about what you can't do, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't you smoke, don't you drink, don't you do this, you know you shouldn't do that. But when that's the focus, it says the law, don't do, thou shalt not, empowers the flesh. But when we shift our focus that when God speaks, it's to set us free. When God speaks, it's to give us life and life more abundantly. When God speaks, it's to put us on the right path. When, when God speaks, it's because He's a good dad and He knows the end from the beginning. And when God speaks, it's about who we can become and what we can do and where we can go. And God always has a plan to prosper us and to give us a hope and a future and, and not of evil. So, so shifting from God being a life giver instead of God being a withholder. He's not a withholder and a taker. He's a life giver. Say, God's a giver. God's a giver. He's a good father. That is a. He's a giver. When he speaks, it's full of life. It's full of victory. It's full of power. So if he tells me to do something, then we have the ability to do it. Say, I can do it. I can do it. Remember, remember you've, we've talked about this. Remember the open a can of whoop tail? You've heard that before. I'm going to open a can of whoop tail. And you've heard that saying, right? Or, don't, don't you mess with me. I'm going to open a can. Or like, you know... I know some of you are real holy. Let's just say this, this, let's just say this is a Coke, you know, psh, when you open a can. I know that used to sound like something different to you before you were saved, but this is psh. What is that? We're going to open a can. We're going to open a can, do all things through Christ who gives us strength. We're going to open a, I can do the Word of God. I can renew my mind. I can lift my belief. I can declare God's Word. I can do this with me. Psh. Yeah, I can. So when you look at it, you're talking to your buddy or something, and I'm fixing to open can on you, it means it's told something totally different now, right? <laughs> Say that I'm going to open a can. <laughs> I'm going to open a can. I, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. So when God was speaking to Abraham about I will bless you, He was speaking to you. He was speaking to you, and He is speaking to you. He is speaking to us. Say so He is speaking, speaking to me. Go to Genesis chapter twelve. Now Abraham, don't don't get your ideas about Abraham from Hollywood. You ever seen any of the movies where Abraham is old and decrepit and his goats and his sheep are drawn up and he just <laughs> look like they've been in a famine and well bless the Lord, I'll tell you what, you know Abraham he did go out there is barely making it. No, we gotta get we gotta get our description from the Bible. And the Bible says Abraham was rich, and the Bible says Abraham was strong, and the Bible says he lived a long life and a full life. Abraham was an overcomer. Say, overcomer. Overcomer. But see, the devil wants you and I to think that we're unworthy, that we don't deserve, to to paint this wrong picture of a covenant with God. And when God makes a covenant with a man, he doesn't go back on the covenant. And when he made the covenant with Abraham, he was making the covenant and the agreement with you and I, and he's not going to go back on it. But you and I have to choose to believe what God said in order for God's Word to work. It's not enough just to to know it in our head. It's one thing to know it in our head, but to receive it, to believe it, and to act upon it. I'm looking at a bunch of doers of God's Word in here, not just churchgoers or pew sitters or backside ploppers. We're doers of the Word of God, right? Right. Say, I'm a doer. doer. Genesis 12. Now, Now, what's the promise that we're an heir to? Now, once again, this is after Abraham obeyed God. After Abraham obeyed God. God told Abraham to, to, to leave his, his dad, his successful business, and go to a land that he would, he would show him. Verse 1, in the Amplified 12, Genesis 12:1, Now in Haran, the Lord said to Abram, Go for yourself, for your own advantage, for your own advantage. Notice when God speaks to you and tells you to do something, even if it's difficult, it's to your own advantage. And he goes on to say, uh, Away from your country, from your relatives and your father's house, to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you with abundant increase of favors, and make your name famous and distinguished, and you'll be a blessing dispensing good to others. And I will bless those who bless you, who confer prosperity or happiness upon you, and curse him who curses and uses insolent language towards you. In you all families and kindred of the earth be blessed, and by you they will bless themselves. Now, this is a promise that God made to Abraham, and when God made it to Abraham, who was he seeing? Us, right? And Abraham is the father of faith. He's our father of faith. He's our example of faith. And so Abraham walked out this blessing. Now, let me ask you this. How come we haven't been seen the blessing of Abraham if we're heirs of the blessing of Abraham? Because we haven't been doing what Abraham did in order to get the results that he had. Go with me to Romans 4. Now, I could have stayed on what we just went over for a long time, but I just wanted to lay the foundation, and now this is, this is where I want us to get to here. Romans chapter 4, verse 17. I'm going to read 17 through 21, and we're going to pick out some things that Abraham did. So, so God is wanting the redeem. Say, that's me. So I want you to picture this. It says that Jesus Christ was made a curse for us, for it is written, "Curses is every man who hangs on the tree. So the curse means an empowerment to fail. You can look in Deuteronomy chapter 28 in your old time, verses 15 through the rest of the chapter. I mean, it has from everything from a hangnail to... No money. I mean, it has everything in there. It, and it talks about the empowerment to fail is the curse. Now, without Jesus, we were under the curse. But whenever we receive Jesus, we release the curse to Jesus. We receive the blessing. We came out of darkness. We came into the kingdom of Jesus Christ. And now we have the blessing. We're in Christ. Christ is in us. And the blessing that Abraham had is now the blessing that we have. Say, it's mine. It's mine. So I discovered the blessings... Through the promises of God. I discover the covenant through the Word of God. So why am I not seeing the results that Abraham saw is because I'm not necessarily doing what Abraham did. If I want to have the results that Abraham had, I've got to do what Abraham did. Mm -hmm. Romans 4.17, As it is written, I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. So so look at this. Here's one thing that God had Abraham to do. After he blessed him, he said, I'm going to multiply you. I'm going to increase you. I've called you to be a father of many nations. He says, now I want you to call things that be not as though they were. Now... Abraham was 75 whenever God, around that age, whenever God spoke this to him, and the promise didn't manifest for 25 years. But what is one of the first things that God had Abraham begin to do to bring the blessing of Abraham into manifestation? God promised it, but in order for it to come from the unseen into the seen, He says, I need you to call things that be not as though they were. Now, Adam had to do the same thing from the very beginning. When God blessed him, told him to be fruitful, multiply, he had it in him to name the animals. They did not have the name yet, but he said, I want you to call things that be not as though they were. That God brought the animals in front of Adam, released his potential, and he started calling things that be not as though they were, and what he said began to happen. But when he disobeyed, he was separated from God. But the principles still remain. God's heartbeat for man was still the same. I still want man to call things that be not as though they were, and I want my will to be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, the manifestation of the calling is in the consistency. So in order for us to walk in the results that Abraham had, we've got to do what Abraham did, and Abraham called things that be not as though they were. What are you calling for? How do I know what to call for? We learn what to call for in the Bible. If if you have a promise in the Bible, call for it. What did God call you? He called you blessed. What did God call you? He called you righteous. What did God call you? He called you redeemed. What did God call you? He called you empowered. What did God call you? He called you a victorious warrior, an overcomer, a more than a conqueror. Call what God calls. Amen. Call things that be not mm-hmm. as though they were. So, for for example, let's say if... Uh, you know, Heather and I have done this. You know, let's take... Um, Let's say for your house or something like that. You're believing God for land. You're believing God for a house or something like that. You pray, you ask God, you have the Scripture, and then once you pray, pray knowing that it's God's will to lead you to a house or lead you to a place, then you start thanking God for that place. You start thanking God for that house. What are you doing? You're calling that house to come to you. I don't have time to go there, but in, in, uh, I believe it's um, Mark chapter 11, verses 1 through 4, Matthew chapter 11, verses 1 through 4. When Jesus, He sent them to, to get the donkey, and He told them to untie the donkey. And what did He tell them? He says, you tell them. When He asks you, what are you doing with the donkey? He says, the Master has need of it. Loose him and let him go. What was He doing? He's calling for the donkey. I, I remember remember that sorrel horse we had. Uh, I, I got this horse, in and I'm just kind of sharing with you on, okay, what, what are you calling for? Because if you whatever you need, let's just say it's healing in your body. You're not denying that the symptoms are in your body. That's right. The fact is you might be sick as a dog. Mm-hmm. You're denying it's right to stay there. That's right. Faith denies it's right to stay there. Faith don't ignore the fact is you might not be feeling good, but now call for healing. First Peter two twenty four, when you say by the stripes of Jesus, I am healed, what are you doing? You're calling for healing. Maybe it's finances, Philippians 4:19 when you say my God supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. What are you doing? You're calling for all of your needs to be met according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Okay. Get your get your budget, get your 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 finances, whatever it is. What is it going to take for you to operate? then you get God's Word and you start calling. I have given and it is given unto me, good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over through the hands of men it will be given back to me. What are you doing? You're calling in resources. If you're a tither, when you say the windows of heaven are open over me and God you said you would rebuke the devourer for my sake and you'd pour out the blessing that there's not room enough to receive it and you're declaring God's Word, what are you doing? You're calling for the blessing. You're calling for the resources. You're calling for the increase. Well, Business owners, call for Forth those those clients, you call them from the north, south, east, and the west. Yeah. Call them in Jesus' name. Yes, sir. You know, when I was pastoring uh, churches, right before I went back on the road, yeah, I was overseeing three different churches. One was, uh, you know, a little over a hundred. One was about five hundred. One was about seven hundred and fifty. But all of them started with nobody. And every day, and even in these chairs, I would walk into the sanctuary and I would call these seats full. That's, wh- that's how I know you're serious about coming here because I'm calling you in. I'm not playing church. I'm not playing patty cake. If you're religious, you, I'm going to irritate you. Because <laughs> we're going somewhere. God says, I'm calling in the commanders. I'm calling, I'm calling in the troops, people who are serious about their relationship with God. And you call those seats full. You, you call your clientele in in Jesus' name. <laughs> we, had, we had this horse. We got in on a deal and traded around everything. And boy, I didn't know what this horse was. And I look at my trailer and I mean, he's biting on the top of my aluminum. I mean, scratching it up. You know what I called him? Sold. <laughs> we changed his name to sold. Anytime we talked about him, remember that, Jared? We called him sold. That was his name. Sold. Called things that be not as though they were. He wasn't around very long. We called him sold. If it's favor you need, you know, Psalms 512, it says that the favor of God surrounds us like a shield. Mm-hmm. And you're praying and, and you're just saying, Father, your word says that your favor surrounds me like a shield. What are you doing? You're calling for favor. Every one of us need favor. Yes, favor m- means preferential treatment, special advantages, divine assistance. What are you calling? Now, you can't talk out of both sides of your head and it work. God is not a, a lucky rabbit's foot. He's not a genie in a bottle. Without the presence of God and this being real to you, it ain't working. You can't say, God supplies all of my needs while you're here in church. Oh, bless you, brother. Hallelujah. But at home, bless God, I'm going to be broke my whole life. (laughs) What are you calling? You're calling lack. And believe me, it'll call you back. (laughs) What are you calling when it comes to your physical body? (laughs) <laughs> I'm just going to be old fat. And just, uh, <laughs> I'm just going to be out of <laughs> Have you ever heard people talk sometimes? They think they're being so funny. And all they're doing is calling in their demise. Right. All, they're, all they're doing is calling in their defeat. You, you watch five years from now, ten years from now, they'll be living in what they say. Right. They'll be having the life that they say... Call things that be not what? In order to have the results that Abraham had, I've got to do what Abraham That's did right. and what it was the first thing that God, one of the first things God told Abraham, he says, call those things that be not as though they were. Remember, the calling consistency brings the manifestation. Stay in alignment with God's Word concerning your physical body. Stay in alignment with God's Word concerning your finances. Consistently, regardless of what the stock market does, regardless of the economy, keep saying what God says, and you're calling it in. You know God doesn't need the stock market to get things to you? Keep calling your business blessed. Keep calling. I don't care how how long it takes. It doesn't matter because when it shows up, you forget about how long it's taken. That's right. Call in those right relationships. Call call it. Say call it. Call it. Number 2. What, what's the second thing that Abraham did verse 18? Who contrary to hope "...in hope believes, so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken, so shall your descendants be." The second thing, who contrary to hope and hope in the Amplified, it says, "...for Abraham's human reason for hope being God hoped in faith, that he should become the father of many nations as he had been promised." Where, where does hope come from? It comes from the promises of God. Bible hope is not wishing and a-praying. I'm just wishing and praying, just wishing, I'm just wishing and praying. That's not, that is, that is earthly hope. That is human hope. Bible hope comes from the Word of God. Where does Bible hope come from? The Word of God. It says that he got his hope from what was promised to him. What did God promise him? That I will multiply you, I will bless you, and in you all families of the earth will be blessed. He said. so I got my hope from what God said. I've called you the father of many nations. Where did His hope come from? In the presence of God. His hope came from the Word of God. Hope means confident expectation. He got his confident expectation from his time with God. You can't be religious and have a confident expectation about you. You can't go through the motions and just be a church player and have a confident expectation about you. When your family's life is on the line, when your life is on the line, you've got to have that confident expectation that comes from time with God. There's nothing that can replace your time with God. Amen. It is only a true a, a real relationship with God where his his presence is there where you're you're spending time with his word God what have you said about me What have you said about me And you start out with, okay, God says that you're forgiven. Okay, I'm forgiven. And then you get scriptures on forgiveness. And God, what have you said about me? And you get scriptures on purpose and destiny. Okay, I receive you. You get scriptures on righteousness. God, I see myself in right standing with God. And it becomes a reality. And you're calling yourself what God calls you. That God, you said, I'm an overcomer. I'm more than a conqueror. That I have the mind of Christ. That I have the wisdom of God. What are you doing? You're you're calling. Hope is rising. Confident expectation. Now you walk into the office and you're confidently expecting God to give you wisdom. You're confidently expecting to make that business deal. You're confidently (laughs) expecting day in and day out, even when it seems like nothing is happening out here. Notice it said... Abraham didn't allow what he saw to deter his hope. He got his hope, confident expectation from where? The promises of God. Where did he get his hope? The promises of God. One more time. Where did he get his hope? The promises of God. The promises of God. He didn't get his hope. Now... Every one of us want God to show up. Right? Right? But we want God to show up on our terms. Oh, amen. <laughs> and in our time. It's exactly right. Rather than... We we want God to do things our way. And God, yes, he's loving and he's merciful and he's kind and he's gracious, but God isn't going to bring himself down to our way of doing things. He wants us to come up to his way of doing things. So if I want the results that Abraham had, the father of faith, I've got to do what Abraham did. And he called things that be not as though they were. And then when hope seemed to be gone, and the natural, it didn't seem like this. would ever happen, he says, he got his confident expectation from what God said to him. What has God said to you? What has God said about your family? What has God said about your career? What has God said about your business? Regardless of what it looks like right now, get your hope not from what you see, but from what you hear and who you know. Yes. Number three. Verse 19, And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead since he was about a hundred years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. And not being weak in faith. What did Abraham do? He was not weak in faith. How did he not become weak in faith? He did not consider his own body. He did not consider the circumstance. He allowed the promise to be bigger than the circumstance. Is God's promise to you bigger than what you're going through right now? Because until the promise gets bigger, the circumstance will talk you out of your destiny. The circumstance will talk you out of your victory. The circumstance will talk you out of your inheritance in Christ Jesus. People will talk you out of your inheritance. Family members will talk you out of your inheritance. But is the promise that God has spoken to you. I'm saying to you individually. What has God spoken to you individually? He says, I did not become weak in faith because I did not consider where I was at in the natural. I considered what God said. Now, not only was he strong in faith, but his wife had to be strong in faith. Hebrews 11.11 says that Sarah, she became strong in faith because she judged God as faithful. She judged God as faithful. Now, picture this. This is a 90-year-old woman, not 40, not 30... Not 50, not 60. She's not believing God to get out of bed at 90 years old. Women, you especially. I mean, think with me here. 90 years old, she's believing God to have a child. I and mean, most of you were jumping around when you were done in the late 30s. <laughs> I'm not being rude. I'm just being serious. She became strong in faith because she judged Him faithful. Every one of us in here has judged God before. You know that? When it comes to your life, how are you judging God? You hear a lot of the younger generation, don't you judge me? I can't stand that. But when it comes to God's Word, let's start judging Him as faithful. Regardless of of what we see, God, You're faithful. We're not looking at at what we see in the natural. We judge You faithful. I judge you faithful, Father. I judge you faithful. And it says, As she begin to judge God as faithful, regardless of the decisions I've made in the past, today, right now, God, I judge you faithful when it comes to my family. I judge you faithful when it comes to my finances. I judge you faithful when it comes to my body. I judge you faithful when it comes to my dream. I judge you faithful, and every demon in hell will come knocking. Oh, really? How come this? And how come that? And how come it's taken so long? And what about this circumstance? And he brings up your past, and he holds up the picture of all the stupid stupid. stupid stuff you did, right? And what do you do? I judge you faithful that your blood cleanses me and I'm free. The old is gone, the new has come. I judge you faithful. I will be who you called and created me to be. I judge you faithful. How are you judging God? I judge you faithful. I judge you faithful. Say that, I judge you faithful. So the fourth thing He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. He did not waver. Now, the redeemed redeemed the time by doing what Abraham did to get the results that Abraham got. The fourth thing, he did not waver. In the King James, it says he did not stagger. Stagger means to separate from the promise. Stagger. (laughs) Remember? 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 That's what staggering means. In your mind, the enemy comes and you separate from the promise. Staggering means your footing is not sure. That your footing is unstable. That when pressure comes, instead of you being like a rock and being solid and not considering the circumstance, you're standing your ground and I'm going to keep becoming... Notice through these scriptures the word being and being not weak in faith, and being strong in faith, and being... It it, it paints the picture of a continual process that he's staying in relationship with God, he's staying in the presence of God, he's continually hearing what God said about him, and he's being strong in faith. He's being not weak in faith. He's being who God created him to be 25 years from the time God spoke it to the time it happened. The manifestation happens to the consistent, consistently calling, consistently not considering, consistently not being weak. Johnson paraphrased pantywaist. Not 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 being. A, I mean, we have got to think about. It. I've got to be real with myself. Trey, are you being strong? Are you being weak? Are you staggering or not staggering? Are you solid or are you not solid? So he said, okay, Abraham called things that be not as though, uh, as though they were. Number two, what did he do? He says that he got his hope from what God said. Number three, he wasn't weak in faith. Number four, he did not waver at the promise of God. And, and verse 21, number five, and being fully convinced that he had promised, that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. Being fully convinced that what he had promised, he was also able to perform. In the Amplified, it says, Fully satisfied and assured that God was able and mighty to keep his word and to do what he had promised. Fully satisfied. Fully convinced. In other words, no wavering, no moving. He was sure. Say sure. Sure. He was convinced. Say convinced. convinced. How sure are you about what God has spoken to you? How convinced are you about what God has spoken to you? Galatians 1.16, Paul says, I've heard from God and I'm no longer conferring with flesh and blood. I'm no longer asking for people's opinion. Yes, there's wisdom and counsel, but when you know that you've heard from God, don't you waver. When you know that you've heard from God, don't you back off. When you know that you've heard from God, you keep being, you keep becoming, you stay focused. Don't allow the circumstance to talk you out of who you are. Don't allow family members to talk you out of who you are. Don't allow friends to talk you out of who you are. Be convinced, be sure about what God has promised you. Look at uh, 2 Timothy and I'm getting ready to be done right here. Remember what Philippians chapter 1 verse 6 says being confident of this very thing that that what God had started he's faithful to complete it. 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 14. And it says But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. I want to read it again. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of. Learned and been assured of. Continue. Say continue. Then he uses the word be assured, knowing from whom you have learned them. So, in other words, he's saying don't let circumstances or anybody talk you out of what you've learned. Most of you in here, nobody could talk you out of your salvation. Right? That if you were to die tonight, you know that your name is written in the Lamb's book of life. You know that you've received Jesus as your Lord and Savior. And you are certain that you'll spend eternity with Almighty God. Correct? What about the other things that are in the Word of God? I remember when I first got turned on to the things of God, and, and, and man, I, just, I wanted everything that God had. If it was in the Bible, I wanted it. So whenever they showed up and told me that speaking in tongues was of the devil and that it was too late, and that all passed away, too late. Why? Because I'm, I'm assured of some of the things of the Spirit of God. Yes, I'm learning, and yeah, I have a lot more to learn. But there's some things that you can't talk me out of. I don't care how many letters you have behind your name. Amen. Or healing, it's passed away. God didn't do that anymore. You're too late. Amen. I see it every week of my life. You are too late. Amen. What are you assured of? What are you assured of? How, how, how do we get certain? By spending time in God's Word. I mean, man, we have so much so much at our fingertips, so much with our phones, that, man, we can have whatever whatever topic that you're needing assurance on Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. Right. And then once you hear what God says, then do something with it. That's right. don't just, let's just don't be fatheads. Right? I know that's some football deal and stuff. to have the fatheads, but in the church, if you can see in the spirit realms, there's a bunch of fatheads. Little bitty baby bodies, but fatheads. We, we know a lot, but there's not much action. Not, not much execution of what, what God wants us to do. We are redeemed, and God wants us to redeem the time. What's He saying? I want you to be the best you that you can be. I want you to walk in the power of God. I want you to walk in the promises of God. I want you to walk in the victory of God. But in order to get the results that Abraham and David and Moses, all of those guys that are warriors in the kingdom of God had, we've got to be willing to do what they did. Am I willing to do what they did? Am I willing to do what they did? Start tonight. What are you calling when it comes to your finances? Start tonight. What are you calling when it comes to your physical body? Start tonight. What are you calling when it comes to your marriage? What are you you calling when it comes to your kids? What are you calling? What are you calling? Are, Are you being weak in faith or strong in faith? Are you being fully persuaded or are you staggering? How are we doing? Say that. How am I doing? Would you bow your head?